Today, we'll answer your mailbag questions about shootouts and goal scorers and a few other things as well. Plus, we have a full preview of tonight's game against the Minnesota Wild, a game the Islanders need to win. We'll tell you how with that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We have got plenty to talk about, including Atu Ratu heading back to Bridgeport as the Islanders send him down. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, Feel free to send us an email. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll give you some instant insight and analysis during Islanders games, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Always great to interact with fellow Islanders fans, game time or any time. So please follow on Twitter and uh, feel free to reach out. So the news, we know the Islanders are getting healthier. Simon Holmstrom was back in the lineup. Cal Clutterbuck is back in the lineup. Uh, and so the Islanders made a couple of moves on Wednesday, sending two players down to Bridgeport, and I can't say that the first one was a surprise. The second one was a little bit of a surprise, but not a lot. And in fact, realistically, the more I think about it, the less surprising it was. Atu Ratu and Robin Sallow assigned to Bridgeport by the Islanders. Now, why Robin Sallow? Let's get that out of the way first. I have two words to answer that. Parker Wotherspoon. Wotherspoon is much more reliable defensively than Sallow. It is clear that the Islanders don't trust Sallow defensively. And I think the other thing is this. Uh, you've heard me talk about the issue of having Robin Sallow on the ice as well 
uh, you know, or at the, in the same game at the same time as Sebastian Ajo. You can have one of those two guys out there, but having both of them is a little bit of a problem. And I think Lane Lambert's lack of trust in uh, Salo defensively was demonstrated by the fact that as a defenseman, he only averaged 9 minutes and 36 seconds per game of ice time. For a forward, that's on the low side. For a defenseman, it's very low, and it means that the Islanders really don't trust uh, what he'll do in his own zone enough to give him substantial ice time. So with Parker Wotherspoon playing well, and obviously with uh, Adam Pellick still not ready to return, it, it doesn't make sense to have Salo around. He's still only 24. You want him to play if there's another injury or a need for him to come back up. He's just a ferry ride away. But right now, for the Islanders, sending him down so he can play a little bit more makes certain amount of sense. As for Atu Ratu, I know that people are going to be disappointed that he got sent back down. But... I will say this about Ratu. He made a much better impression on the coaching staff and on the fans. And I think he's very close to being ready to play. Look, we all knew that Lou Lamorello was calling up Ratu and that it wasn't meant to be a permanent thing. But, at the same time, they wanted to see what the kid could do, give him his first taste of regular season NHL action, and he provided two goals in seven games despite very limited ice time, and more importantly from an Islander's perspective, showed that he is still a solid player without the puck. And I think this is... One of the differences between Ratu and Salo, even though they play different positions, Lane Lambert, here's the, the quote that Andrew Gross tweeted of Newsday. Lane Lambert says there's a lot of foundation, putting that in quotes, with Atu Ratu for future NHL success based off his initial run in the NHL. And that's because Ratu already understands the defensive side of things. Coaches love working with that. Now, Ratu only averaged 8 minutes and 25 seconds of ice time per game. But here's the thing. Uh, his sending him down made sense for another reason, besides the fact that he'll play 14, 15, 17 minutes, maybe more down in Bridgeport as compared to 8 or 9 minutes up here. But because he signed his entry-level contract, and was still 19 years old, on or before September 15th of the year he signed. If he doesn't play 10 games in the NHL this season, he can have his entry-level contract extended by a year. So he can stay with the Islanders for one more season without them having to sign him to a new, more expensive contract. He's already played seven games in case they need him to come back up for another two games. Uh, 
sending him back down, I think, makes sense. And again, you want to see the kid get more ice time. I think that his seven-game stint gave him more confidence that he can play in this league, and it gave the coaching staff more confidence that he's the real deal and that he will be back on Long Island sooner rather than later. I don't think he'll be back this season until if the Islanders make the playoffs. Maybe he, you know, is a black ace in playoff time. But to me, this is a good thing. Send him back down. Let him play. Let him get extensive ice time at Bridgeport. And then, you know, if the Islanders make the playoffs, let him come up. Let him be a black ace, or if he's really, really playing outstanding hockey in Bridgeport, bring him up, let him play in the NHL if he proves he's ready. But we are seeing good things from Atu Ratu, and I think in the long run, the move makes sense. I know Islander fans are hungry for goal scoring, and that Atu Ratu can add goal scoring, but... He's not going to add a lot of goal scoring just yet. And spending the rest of this year in Bridgeport and having him under contract for an extra year makes the most sense in the long run. And I'll, I'll take it a step further. Even if the Islanders were to keep Atu Ratu up, it doesn't diminish the fact that they need to go out and get that goal scorer that we've been clamoring for for more than a year now, and that if they don't do that, uh, it's going to be a problem. So Ratu might help a little bit, but he is not the answer yet as a forward. But he has a bright future. He made a definite impression on the fans and the coaching staff, and I was really pleased with what I saw from him so far. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We have uh, our full preview of the game against the Minnesota Wild coming up tonight at UBS Arena. Plus, uh, we go to the mailbag and answer some of your questions, and we have our Islanders birthday of the day. All that and a whole lot more coming up next on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, pro and college basketball, soccer, and of course the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And hey, if the Islanders' strong performance on Tuesday gives you more confidence that they'll play well tonight against Minnesota, head on over to betonline.net and check out the latest odds and props. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL Draft. Plus, NHL Draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. Locked On NHL Prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight, Islanders 
Wild at UBS Arena should be a good one. This is not uh, an easy game. Minnesota right now in third place in the Central Division, but they are 22-14-8, and 48 points in 40 games. Now, the Islanders may be catching them at a good time. They have lost three in a row, although they did lose in a shootout to the Rangers on Tuesday, so uh, not like they're getting blown out. Uh, they lost to Buffalo 6-5, to St. Louis 3-0, and then to the Rangers 4-3 in the shootout. But the numbers show that this is a solid team defensively. They are in the top 10, ninth overall in goals allowed. And really, right now, they have a good one-two punch in goal. Marc-Andre Fleury, someone Islander fans have known and loathed for a long time, dating back to his time with the Penguins, uh, is the starter. He's 13-8-3 on the year, a 2-9-3 goals against and a 9-0-2 save percentage. His backup... Philip Gustafson, 9-6-1, a 2-2-5 goals against and a 9-24 save percentage. So Gustafson actually outplaying Flurry, uh, although in fewer games, I'd say right now it's Flurry playing three out of every five. Now the Wild played Tuesday, so they had a day off just like the Islanders. They have another day off before their next game when they go back to the Twin Cities to play the Arizona Coyotes on Saturday. So probably since Flurry played against the Rangers and faced more than 40 shots, we may very well see Gustafson tonight against the Islanders. But again, we'll let you know as soon as we do. Scoring-wise, uh, Cyril Kiprasov is their top goal-getter, 24 goals. 49 points. He leads the team in both goals and assists. And he has 11 of his 24 goals and 20 of his 49 points on the power play. He also leads the team with four game-winning goals. So Kiprasov also coming up big in the clutch. Former Ranger Matt Zuccarello is second on the team in goals with 17 and in points with 41. Followed by Joel Erickson Eck and Matt Boldy. So here is a team that has more talent defensively than offensively. We mentioned they're ninth in goals allowed, but they're 22nd in goals scored. The power play and penalty kill, both right smack in the middle. The power play, 14th in the league. The PK, 16th in the league. One problem, though, that could be helpful if only the Islanders' power play could get going the Wild are next to last in penalty minutes in the league. They take a lot of penalties. And if the Islanders can get some power play chances as a result of that inconsistency, it would certainly help them in that regard. So hopefully, uh, if the Wild end up taking penalties, the Islanders' power play can take advantage. Can I say I'm confident about that? Even after the power play goal Tuesday night, no, not really, but hopefully. We'll see. Line combinations. The top line in the game against the Rangers, Sam Steele centering Kiprasov and Zuccarello. Frederick Goudreau is the second line pivot with Matthew Boldy to his left, Ryan Hartman to his right. Joel Erickson Eck, Marcus Foligno, and Jordan Greenway are the third line, and Connor DeWar, Brandon Duhame, and Ryan Reeves make up the fourth line. 
Jacob Middleton and Jared Spurgeon are the top defensive pairing, followed by Jonas Brodeen, Matthew Dumba. They're the second pair, and John Merrill and Kalen Addison are the third. As we mentioned, the goalies right now, Flurry and Gustafsson, and this team pretty healthy uh, coming into this game. So, you know, the Wild, they're going to try to shut down your game. They don't want you to have a lot of quality scoring chances. They get it done with defense more than with offense. They're kind of almost like, in that sense, similar to the New York Islanders. Gotta slow down Kiprasov, especially on the power play. And don't overlook Erickson Eck, who is on the first power play unit. Uh, and Kiprasov drops back to the right point. So... He can be dangerous from there. Got to watch him. He sort of makes that power play go. And the Islanders cannot, even when they're down a man, give him time and space. So whether it's uh, Parise or Pajot or Sezikis or Clutterbuck, somebody has got to make sure that Kiprasov does not have the room he needs to operate in order to be outstanding. And, you know, I'll, I'll take it back again to where we were uh, on Tuesday night, if the Islanders play the way that they did Tuesday, they have a good chance of winning every night. Now, be interesting to see who gets the, the call in goal. Will Lane Lambert go back with Sorokin again? Sorokin played very, very well on Tuesday. Or does he go with Varlamov. Now, I think they'll go with Sorokin, but only for one reason. Next game is Saturday. You got the Montreal Canadiens. They are, on paper at least, the team that the Islanders are most likely to beat on this difficult five-game homestand. You may want to save your backup goalie, Varlamov, for the Habs and have uh, the starting goalie in Sorokin going up against a wild team that is a little bit more dangerous. But again, that's going to be up to Lane Lambert, and as soon as we know who the starter is going to be, we will let you know. This will be a challenging game, and I'm glad the Islanders picked up a point against Dallas. It should have been and could have been two, uh, and now they got to figure out a way to get two points tonight. We all know how tight the standings are and the Islanders really have to find a way to, uh, to to rise in the standings. They are now sixth in the Metropolitan Division. They are one point behind Pittsburgh for fifth, but Pittsburgh has two games in hand and they're five points behind Washington, but the Islanders have a game in hand. In other words, not a lot of margin for error. And by the way, the Islanders' power play, even after scoring uh, in their last game on Tuesday, it's fallen all the way to 27th in the league. And that's got to get closer to the middle if this team is going to contend. We have got more to get to on today's show. We'll go into the mailbag, answer some of your Islanders-related questions, and a lot of them have to do with shootouts, plus uh, our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. 
we just got through the holidays and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year, but if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, you don't want to compromise taste, well, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you, and they're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, and they come in great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. The macros, they are outstanding. Just 130 calories per bar, 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And while we've told you to go to Built.com to get a box that is no longer your only option, you can now get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. So definitely check that out there. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Check it out at Built.com or at Sam's Club and Walmart. So let's get to the mailbag. And first, I want to thank Phil from Florida. Uh, sent me uh, an email shortly after the game on Tuesday, but I did definitely want to read it. Uh, hey, Gil, tonight's game against the Stars proves more than most games how much this team really needs someone who could put the puck in the back of the net. So many chances and no one capable of making the big play. It was nice to see them play a competitive game from the opening faceoff, but games like this, you'd really like to see them end up with more than one goal considering the pressure they had all game. Unfortunately, Lou has given us no reason to believe he will go out and get what this team clearly needs. Also, is it just me, or anytime we go into a shootout, I know it's a guaranteed loss. Phil from Florida. Phil, thank you for the email, and uh, it was a, a good one. And yeah, I, I, I think there's no question that this team needs that jolt of offense and has to figure out a way to get a player who can put the puck in the net more consistently. You still have Oliver Wallstrom on the injured list, but I don't know, Wally hasn't been consistent enough to be the answer. Kyle Palmieri still on the injured list. I don't think even a healthy Palmieri is a difference maker for this team at this point. So, Phil, your point is well taken, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, they can get that goal scorer. You know, Lula Morello always says, oh, if you got time, use it or take it. He doesn't have as much time as maybe he thinks. This team is now in sixth place. They're falling behind the rest of a very competitive metropolitan division. Lou, the time is now, and let's get a, a, a deal done because I'm telling you, if you wait another month and a half before the trade deadline, you may be a lot more than a couple of points out of that final playoff spot. Next email comes from Ed in Belrose. Uh, basically, he says, I was thinking the same thing when I saw the shootout. I watch other teams and their shootouts, and their players look very different than ours. It looks to me like they never practice it. It's brutal. My take on this team is that ownership is happy with a fringe playoff team that can be pretty good at times, but is a but is against a teardown because our fans won't it's against a teardown because our fans won't come out and support a rebuild. Remember those week uh, weekday crowds between 2009 and 2015 of 8,000? They are happy with the status quo. 
Also, your podcast is awesome. I love it in the morning with my coffee. Thanks for providing it. Truly the best. Ed in Belrose. Ed, first of all, thank you for the kind words about the podcast. I do appreciate that very much. As far as ownership, being happy with being a fringe team, I don't know if that's ownership or that's the general manager specifically, Uh, although there may be an edict from ownership saying we don't want a full rebuild, as you said, because we don't want to go back to 8,000 fans on a Tuesday night like they had at the Coliseum. And and I covered a lot of those games, and I can tell you, it wasn't always an easy thing for the players, for the fans, and and for the organization. But you got to sometimes take a step back to go forward, and if they don't try to win now, that rebuild is going to come as these players continue to age, and you won't be able to get as much for them. So, you know, who you're trading away to get that puzzle piece becomes, you know, more problematic when your veteran players are worth less and less if you're trying to trade them away. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Ed, very, very much. And as far as the shootout goes, we addressed that on yesterday's show. And, yeah, I think that they need to practice it more. And to get a player, hopefully in a trade, who would help them in that area would be great as well. Now, our final email in the mailbag. Uh, This one is from Dale in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey, Gil, love the show. When was the last time the Islanders actually won a shootout after overtime? And how many times have they lost in a row on shootouts? I know they're 0-3 this year. Um, Losing shootouts just reinforces how bad the Islanders need a winger who can put the puck in the back of the net. I believe Lewis failed the organization badly in this area. All right, I did a little research, and here are the numbers. Yes, the Islanders are 0-3 this year in shootouts. Last year, they were 2-6 in shootouts. So their last win came on April 12th of last season against the Pittsburgh Penguins at UBS Arena. It ended up being a 5-4 win. And the other win came on January 18th of 2022 against Philadelphia, a 4-3 shootout win. But they started last season with three straight shootout losses. They beat Philly, they lost three in a row, and then they beat Pittsburgh. All told, however, that means that the Islanders are 2-9 and nine in their last 11 shootouts. If in their last 11 shootouts they were even... Five and six, or six and five. You're leaving points on the table, and that is definitely something you don't want to do. Getting practicing shootouts would help. Getting a goaltender who can help would be even better, and hopefully the Islanders can do that. Our Islanders' birthday of the day, quickly, Danton Cole, a former winger, drafted originally by the Jets in the sixth round in 1985, four years at Michigan State, made his NHL debut with the Jets in 89-90, later played for the Lightning and the Devils before joining the Islanders only briefly 10 games during the 95-96 season. He scored one goal in the original Fisherman jerseys, and it came in a 5-2 New Year's Eve night win at the old Odd in Buffalo. Islanders beating the Sabres in that game 5-2, and yeah, it was an empty net goal to clinch the game. 
for the Islanders. That was Danton Cole's highlight as an Islander in his brief 10-game tenure. So uh, his birthday was actually Tuesday. He turned 56, and we wish Danton Cole a very happy birthday. Want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back tomorrow. We will have our key takeaways from the game against the Wild and a full preview also of Saturday's game against the Canadiens. And that's a game I will be at. So if you're there and you want to say hello, please get in touch with me. It would be great to meet up. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.